Welcome back to the New Age Boxing Podcast. With me, Andy White, and with me this fine new year, we have... Martin Theobald. And... We have Terry Chapman Dharma, he's back. Live and in the flesh this time. And Paul Butcher. <laughs> Fantabulous. I wish I hadn't told you that. <laughs> there is until, no Paul Butcher. Not until after the podcast. <laughs> um... Right, so yeah, 2017, we are here. Um, it started well. No one's dead yet. No one. Literally no one. I, I'm, no one No one important or famous, apparently. Yeah. That's pretty much... Well, what, that, seems... what was Princess Layla? We had Debbie Reynolds. She was back uh, they both died. Year, yeah, they both died last year, yeah. yeah. Just in time for a county. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they got their votes in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're just, we're, we are started afresh. 2017 is the beginning of No One Dies. No years. One Dies. Yeah, too. No One Dies. Fact. Um, so how has the new year... Yes, increased- anyone out there has had someone die this year, in which case, you know, really yeah, sorry Yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah. um, that, was just, that was unlucky. It should have happened last year. It shouldn't have happened at all, really. Nah, in a way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've already managed to offend a load of people. <laughs> One minute in. Um, Death is will be played at the cold funeral services. They're trying to do us out of business, telling everyone to stay alive. <laughs> kids to fade. How... Um, how was your trip to Zimbabwe? Um, Terry. Probably not much I can reveal on a podcast. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, because our podcast is normally pristine and clean, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, look, there's an expression that goes, just when you don't think things could sink any lower, I promise you they could. Let's, let's, that should let's... be the motto of our podcast anyway. <laughs> I, I, I recounted the story to Martin in, in, in the car earlier, and I. No, we'll be we fine. We would not get released on iTunes. <laughs> okay. I can back that up. Like what he's told me. <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> From and then the you fucking went worse. Before we Okay. All right, all right, all right. Well, we'll leave we that alone then. Right, fair enough. Fair, fair enough, Terry. If you don't want to disclose anything, that's entirely up to you, mate. <laughs> so I won't either. And Martin, have you got anything that you can disclose? I sat home with the kids and wife. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm clean. Right, that's one out of three. <laughs> okay, so not a massive amount has happened since we left you guys, um, but I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So back onto boxing, and well, the first thing we've got on the agenda is Eubank versus Hearn. Now, I need this padded out, really. What sure. can you guys bring us well, up to date with? Eddie Hearn's been a bit of a piece of shit recently. Um, <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> um, you know, and and I like what he does with IFL because in some ways it, it helps the fans get an insight into stuff. But don't forget what he is. He's essentially a promoter and he's, a, he's, he's the perfectionist when it comes to propaganda. So Eubank Jr. does an interview. I think Coogan released it on Christmas Day. My, my body clock was... Screwed. No, the Eubank Senior one was Christmas Day. Yeah. So he does an interview with Eubank Senior. This is, for me... It's the important one because obviously him and Coogan had some tensions, you know, over was it a couple of years? Probably. I think Coogan said he would rather interview a KKK member than interview Chris Eubank Senior. <laughs> and then he went and interviewed him. <laughs> Stick to your principles, yeah, Coogs. Yeah, so 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 they have an interview with Chris. Now let's actually be clear about who Chris Eubank is. Chris Eubank's a British boxing legend. And there's no debate about that, there's no question about that. He is the reason why boxers can talk about making a good living from boxing now. Now, that's all that that that's all beyond dispute. Well, single-handedly, pretty much between him, between him and Nigel Ben. But remember, without without Chris Eubank, Nigel Ben doesn't have a narrative. He's just a he's just a wrecking machine who's loved by Essex boys and want to be hard men everywhere. Right. So, not to digress too much from the point you're making, but why why has that been the case? So, remember. For every narrative, you need a counter-narrative. You always need that tension between narrative and counter-narrative. 
So you had to have Joe Frazier to really have Muhammad Ali. You had to have George Foreman to have Muhammad Ali. The Rumble in the Jungle doesn't work if you don't have that that good guy, bad guy thing. So Eubank was the perfect bad guy at the perfect time. And because of that, he helped a lot of people make money. You know, much like Floyd Mayweather did. Floyd Mayweather made more millions than, than the lotto, as he'd say himself. Because you need that counter-narrative. So Eubank was the best at that, where he knew his role was to be disliked. And in being disliked, he became respected because oh, actually he's, what he's doing is good for business. Well, and this stirred something in the British public to make boxing profitable? or Well, it made Barry Hearn in boxing. Let's be absolutely clear about that. Like Without Chris Eubank, there is no Barry Hearn. There is no matchroom boxing. There is matchroom with doing all those other stupid sports they do, but there's no matchroom in boxing. Okay, fair enough. So back to... Uh... So, so Chris Eubank gives his side of everything. Everything that's been said about him... Um, apparently ruining his son's career, you know, causing the Golovkin fight not to happen. And a couple of things that I picked up on which I was surprised by. So, you know, you know, the, the question is put to him, did you ask if the prices could be varied for the Eubank-Golovkin fight? And, you know, fair is fair. If I was Eubank, I'd have said absolutely, because it's an 18,000 arena. This is Golovkin versus Chris Eubank Jr., who's, if not number one, the m- number two most bankable star in British boxing at the moment. So why can't you double prices? The only person who wouldn't want prices doubled is someone who's in bed with StubHub, right? Because all those tickets are going to go for double the price anyway on StubHub. So economically, it's been proven that you can double the prices. And all Eubank does for 55 minutes is just refute all these points that have been made about him, quite rightly too. And he, you know, he's, he, he's, he gives his version of reality as he sees it. And he says, look, I'm Chris Eubank. I helped Barry Hearn become a millionaire. And off that, Eddie Hearn had a good life. I'm Chris Eubank. I am the father of Chris Eubank Jr. He's a fighter. I was a fighter. If anyone's going to guide his career, would, would you not rather it was another fighter, someone who's been through that, who understands what it's like at the top level? All perfectly reasonable points. And Chris expresses them really well. So what ends up happening? Coogan goes to Eddie Hearn, replays this. And Eddie Hearn comes up with a really lame story about Barry Hearn's 60s. So horrible. <clears throat> and and he's, you know, accuses Eubank of wanting appearance money, 250 quid for a for a driver and a car. And I don't know if Eubank was in hard times back then. Who knows? I don't know. But I do know that's a trifling story when this man's made you millions and you're talking about 250 quid. You know, this guy's fought hurt, you know. He's he's put himself on the line. To make you wealthy. What that showed is how scared I think Hearn is of Eubank. In that you don't go to those personal places without having a fear, and that's what he's done. Is like that's the most personal thing he could do because he, he gave it all the backstory about Eubank uh, having Barry Hearn as his best man at his wedding, uh, and then Barry Hearn's sixtieth and Eddie's kind of organising for Chris Eubank to come along. Um, that's such a personal story. There's clearly an intent there for people. He's trying to rile people up. Because if you ever read through the comments on a YouTube video of Eddie Hearn, 90% of them are people that have been brainwashed by the total bollocks that he spouts out. And because he gives a little bit of truth, people assume everything is the truth, which it isn't. Um, But all these people that will just hang off of every word that he says will hang off the fact then that Chris Eubank is the devil because he asked for a driver and some appearance fee. Maybe he did. And maybe that is, you know, not perhaps the most morally <clears throat> morally sound thing to do. But as Terry says, he may well have, you know, we know Chris Eubanks had financial hardships over the years. Perhaps this was one of those times that that happened. We know he has. He's not made any secret of it. And now he's trying to, you know, he's on his way back up with his son. And maybe he is milking his son. He's trying to make the most money out of his son and make the most money for his son. Tell me why that's a bad thing. Well, if that's the case, he'd also have the fear, wouldn't he, that his son might repeat the same mistakes he did and fall on hard times himself, and he might not have the same ability to then bounce back from yeah, it. Yeah, he's crossed those hurdles. Chris is being a dad. Chris Sr. is being a dad to his son. Eddie's disrespecting that. You know, and, you know in, the, in the Eddie Hearn interview where he's slagging off Eubank for the pricing model. But, you know, someone explained <laughs> to me why in an 18,000 arena between Golovkin and Eubank Jr., you can't double ticket prices. Tell me why you can't double ticket prices. 
unless once I said before, unless you're in bed with StubHub and StubHub have said, mate, we need our margin on this. So these <laughs> these are the prices you will charge Eddie Hearn. Because he kept talking about matching have full operational control over this, over which isn't true either, because they didn't have full operational control over, you know, the Golovkin Brook fight, because K two don't allow that to happen. Look at look at the negotiations with Klitschko and Joshua. You can't Hearn lies and, and, and here's the thing, like if you listen to this, and I need you guys to listen to me. What Eddie Hearn says on IFL and what Eddie Hearn says in Matchroom AQ HQ, sorry, are two completely different things. Eddie Hearn will talk up John Ryder. I doubt he's doing anything to further John Ryder's career at the moment. He's on the Eubank undercard. <laughs> Fighting Adam Etches. <laughs> and undercard Eddie Hearn has been slagging and off. And undercard Eddie Hearn has slated to high heaven. You know, I'm surprised he hasn't put other <clears throat> fighters on there. If you're a matchroom fighter, you end up fighting on one of these undercards. Just know your time at matchroom is up. You know, um, and so don't be surprised to see John Ryder with another organization at some point. But don't fall into this trap that what Eddie Hearn says is him telling you the truth. It's him telling you what story he needs you to believe for the next thing he's going to do. Because I've heard some things he said about fighters and it disappoints me, especially after what he says in public. But, you know, we've all been scumbags in our life and I guess that's Hearn's moment. But that's not really Eddie Hearn being the piece of shit as I defined him. This is him being the scumbag. He was asked about Nicola Adams. So let's just remember who Nicola Adams is in this country. Nicola Adams is our greatest boxing Olympian. Two Olympics, two gold medals, all done with relative ease. Nicola Adams, no tabloid scandals, no drama, no dirt. When she's needed to appear, she appears, she smiles, she performs. She's a great spokeswoman, a great ambassador for female sport, not just female boxing. This is Nicola Adams. She's one of our heroes. She's one of our people. She's one of us. So when Eddie Hearn signs Katie Taylor, everyone's expecting him to sign Nicola Adams because Eddie Hearn's a British fighter. Nicola Adams, Eddie's a British promoter. Nicola's a British fighter who's good. And she boxes in a weight division. You can get fighters from anywhere in the world because you can find small women in the Far East, in North America, South America, wherever. There is sufficient talent there for Nicola Adams to have meaningful fights. So when Coogan asks him, are you going to sign Nicola Adams? And it's an emphatic no. It wasn't even a, we'd love to, but we can't see where she'd fit in. It was, no, we're not going to sign her. Does she definitely want to be signed yes. and go pro? Yes. Yes. So she stepped away from Team GB for a while. Rob McCracken even said it. She's got time to consider her options. If she wanted to go pro. So she sees Katie Taylor get signed. I'd get my hopes up too, because... I'm more successful in the Olympics than Katie Taylor is. And, you know, I'm British. You've just lost Josh Warrington in Leeds. So I could fill a space there, if not the space, at least some of that space. And Eddie, it was the way he said no. And I read between the lines and it was literally, I don't want to market a boyish looking lesbian female boxer. <laughs> That's the message I took from it. And I'm not saying this to be inflammatory or anything. That's the message I took because I'm looking at Katie Taylor and I'm looking at Nicola Adams. I'm saying, what's the difference here? And if anyone out there, feel free to tweet me and tell me the difference between Katie Taylor and Nicola Adams. I don't think there is one. Um, I don't think Nicola Adams would sell less tickets than Katie Taylor. I don't think women in this country would get behind Nicola Adams any less than Katie Taylor. I can only deduce he just doesn't like the look of Nicola Adams. Now that disgusts me because you're talking about a sport we're trying to get off the ground. You know, people like Ronda Rousey have made great strides in taking female combat to another level. And we have one of the best exponents of that in Nicola Adams, finally about to be unleashed on the public in a professional sense. And the one guy who's been banging this drum for the last few months, when it was convenient to sell underperforming pay-per-views, all of a sudden says, I don't want Nicola Adams. <clears throat> if you don't believe Eddie Hearn's a piece of shit for that, then are you really a boxing fan? Tweet me if you've got a better reason for turning down Nicola Adams or ask him why he didn't sign Nicola Adams, because I think it's an absolute disgrace. 
Nice rant. Nice rant. That's kicking off 2017 in 12 minutes of pure ranting. (laughs) Towards the end, your voice is about to give up. That's a great start to to 2017. That's a great start to 2017. Um, Yeah, no, the the whole thing with Eddie and Chris Eubank, as I say, I think there's a personal element to it now, which. It's going to be a very hard bridge to uh, to cross when it comes to Eddie wanting to get Chris Eubank Jr. back on board with Matchroom, which invariably will at some point because he's a huge draw. Um, you know, the actual fight itself, the Eubank Quinlan fight, is um, you know it's building up all right. And let's go back to Eddie Hearn uh, interview, and he made such a point of um, he told people, you know, like mark my words on this when you see the the main kind of undercard fight, you lot are going to laugh and you're going to like criticize it more than you ever criticize me. And then it gets announced today that it's David Price versus Christian Hammer. And the fight's all right. <laughs> I've seen far worse. Like, let's go back to Scott Quigg, Carl Frampton. Can anyone out there name me what the main support fight was on the undercard for that? I think it was Marco McCulloch, wasn't it? Off the top of my head. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Oh, 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 it was not shit. Even that, but not even that. But when have you seen Price in the fight of this standing anyway? Yeah. This yeah. is his first serious fight since Tipo. Yeah. Um, so no, like, Eddie Hearn, like, let's go back to that interview. Pick up your words on it. I'll tweet you, but you blocked me, so whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, he made a point of when you find out what the undercard is, you're going to abuse them more than you ever abused me. And he laughed about it. He laughed. So David Price, Christian TV. Yeah, it's not the greatest fight in the world, but that's far better than what was supporting Scott Quick, Carl Frampton. You've got Adam Etches versus John Ryder. Good fight. Andrew Selby is meant to be on there in a world title eliminator. Um, I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but it's certainly something that is, um, I've heard from someone. Um, we should be a good fight. Then there's uh, some good young talents on there. There's got, Chris Congo. You've got Chris Congo on there. Jordan Dennis, uh, Lucas Ballingall. All, I mean, they're small hall fighters that are getting an opportunity to step up. So you've got the small hall fighters. Then you've got the middle ground of, um, you know, your John Ryder, um, Adam Etchers, and you've got your, you know, Andrew Selby, world title eliminator. I can't remember the opponent's name. Then you've got the kind of upper end of that. It's a David Price, and then the upper end of that, the pay per view element, is Chris Eubank. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not here to defend Chris Eubank because I don't know what the the setup is in terms of what's going to go on pay per view. If you read one person's opinion, then the whole undercard is going on ITV4, then they switch it to pay per view after the last uh, undercard fight. Other people are saying the whole thing's pay per view. I'm not defending it as a pay per view, like as a card or whatever. You know, if you match it like for like. <laughs> Yeah, Hearn has put on some shit pay-per-views. He's put on some all right pay-per-views over the years. Are any of them as shit as this? Probably. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I think we've had some toilets. I'm not going to go and dig back through the uh, through the archives, but the ones that stand out, you know, the Quig Frampton. Yeah, the main fight was good, but the rest of it was pony. Let's not forget Brooke Gavin was a headline fight on a pay-per-view. Um, Bellew cleverly too, and again, I think the undercard for that was pretty weak. Well, what broke Jojo down was that people? No, that wasn't. No, not even he was that that crazy. <laughs> but um, you know, like this as a card has actually shaped up to be okay. Again, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it should be pay per view, but what ITV have done is very, very clever. Like, there's a criticism that Richard Pox and ITV haven't promoted this event. How many people are talking about it? thousands like every boxing fan on twitter has had an opinion on it so why do they need to promote it it's being promoted adversely and that's fine but eubank comes out a fortnight ago saying that eubank jr is a product he's um someone that should be you know, he's been groomed from this young age to be a boxer, a fighter, etc. To watch him, you should have to pay £20. <clears throat> and everybody goes, £20 to watch this? That's fucking ludicrous. Like, you can't be charging £20. Then ITV come out today and say, it's £12.95. £12.95 now seems like a far more reasonable price. Now, if they'd have come out in the first instance and said, you ought to be paying £12.95 to watch this. People would be going, £12.95? That's awful. But but you see, this is actually, it's a really powerful principle of behavioural economics. Um, I was going to say, is, I never know what it is. Is it attribution? I never know what the cognitive bias is. But it's a cognitive bias where, where essentially you throw out a ridiculous number. Yeah. And you go, right, 
Mayweather Pacquiao, the pay-per-view is going to be $150. And everyone goes absolutely... $150? Even a dollar less, I'd find more of a bargain than that. And and, and then as soon as you bring it down to like 70, 80, people are like, fair enough. Really though? Does that work all the time though? Not all the time. Ask a used car salesman. How how often do used car salesmen sell you a three grand car for four and a half? (laughs) Yeah, but it has to be within reason, doesn't it? No. No, well, no, if no, you tried, no. if you were going to buy a, a, a Sierra that you looked at and thought, oh, it's only going to be worth 500 quid, and he was like, 10 grand, mate. <laughs> but I tell you what, I'll knock three grand off for you. You're not going to pay seven grand for this Sierra, are you? There'll be some sucker that goes, it's definitely <laughs> worth more than 500 quid. And remember, 500 quid is what that guy needs to make a profit. Anything above that, he's happy with. And so ITV pulled off a masterstroke, you know. They had, they had everyone kicking off, and now, now they're bringing it all back to a sensible conversation. But what we know for certain is, if you're interested in boxing, February the 4th, you're watching, if not all of this card, a large part of it. And there's two, um, you know, there's two scenarios. One is that it's all on pay-per-view, and if they do that, then fine. They're committing to their saying that whole card is a pay-per-view card. Whether you like that or not is down to you. Like, that's fine. If they do it the other way and they put the whole undercard on ITV4 and then switch to Chris Eubank on ITV pay-per-view... How many people are going to have sat around, watched that undercard with a few beers on a Saturday night on ITV, and then they go, right, Chris Eubank's on in 10 minutes on ITV pay-per-view. How many people are going to have sat around with the beers with their mates watching that and then gone, oh, fuck, I can't bother to stream this now. Like, I oh, will just pay the £12.95. There will be a, not a large, there will be a number of people that will do that if ITV time that correctly and make it a very short window between the end of the undercard and the Chris Eubank fight and don't give people an hour and a half to get their streams up and running, then you've lured people in. The amount of people that will do that... There's still time to buy the Chris Eubank. That was, you know, that's what it'll be, wouldn't it? Yeah, so... Look, <laughs> it's taken massive, massive pelters from all over Twitter, all over boxing fans, whatever. That's absolutely fine. I completely get people's perspectives with that. But this hasn't been played badly by ITV and by Richard Poxon and by Chris Eubank and co. Because actually they've given you a worst case scenario and they've worked towards that. And then they've upped from the worst case scenario. And now actually it doesn't look as bad as people were fearing. I said the Price-Christian Hammer fight. Yeah, Christian Hammer got schooled by Tyson Fury. We all know David Price is no Tyson Fury. We all know he's not that good and he'll never be that good. So actually it's still an interesting fight. And I guess the point is this. If we keep bitching about all these new guys coming in and wanting to make a profit from boxing, we're going to be stuck with Matchroom and Hearn telling us what we should be watching and telling us what is a good card and what isn't. I'd rather we have ITV, BBC, BT Sport, Box Nation all putting cards on and we can sit there and go, actually, who's really doing it in the sport of boxing? Uh, Just going back to what you said about Eubank's going to have to go back to Matchroom. Just touching on something you mentioned sort of last year, that Anthony Joshua might step away from Eddie Hearn in the future. Could that not be a potential partnership, the Eubanks and Anthony Joshua? And if they were on cards together, that's going to that's that's be a massive selling point, isn't it? It depends on what that deal would look like. I'd, I'd imagine the Eubanks would want 50-50 on that because I think Chris Eubank G is as big as Anthony Joshua. That's my view. If you go back to my analysis of boxing, lightweights, middleweights, heavyweights, the three divisions in boxing where you will always make money. And Eubank Jr. is in one of those money divisions. So AJ's in another. That's a very powerful combination to have. I, I, I'd i like to see that. And it will touch on something we're going to discuss later in terms of the Audie Harrison letter. But one of the things that occurred to me was this. You had Eubank Sr. help make Barry Hearn a multimillionaire. You have Eubank Jr. helping make Eddie Hearn and Barry Hearn a multimillionaire potentially. When do the Eubanks get to be those people who call the shots? You know, it's a feudal system. I, I don't know if this makes sense to anyone out there, but it feels very feudal to me. Um, my dad owned the land, you worked the land. My dad gave the land to look, my dad gave the land to me. Now your son works for me. And I will always keep making the money. And you will always keep working for me. At what point can the Eubanks go, why the hell can't we be the landowners? Why can't we have people working for us? But they can, surely. I mean, like, you've got David Hayes branched into promotion. Why can't they? 
Well, but, but look how much pain David Hayes gone through. Like, Hearn won't work with him. Not for any other reason than they don't like the idea that you've got David Hay trying to call his own shots. It was the same thing with Audie Harrison. People wanted him to fail. Well, then all they need to do is join up their thinking rather than all, you know, they're all trying to take down Matchroom individually. If they got together, remember, they can put on... A... No, but, but, but no one's going to let them. So, so Hearn's not going to let anyone do that. He, he'll be there going, AJ, well, why do you want to be around these Eubanks? Look at them. They're a basket case. They're clowns. They're this, they're that. So he, he'll be he'll be managing that message. Um, Frank Warren will be there with Peter Fury going, D- don't do anything with these Eubanks, man, because that's absolute nutcases. Look at what they did with Hennessy. They're absolute nutjobs. Why? Because the last thing promoters want is the fighters clubbing together. And bear in mind, at this point, I'm not saying just black fighters. I'm saying fighters clubbing together. And putting on this because remember Martin you remember this one as well I told you there will come a time when the boxers might just form a partnership themselves and go we're the owners of this thing like they did with Golden Boy the fighters were the owners and they'll get the promoters to work for them why Why can't you have that model the Hearns would shit themselves why because they don't want to be servants to anyone but then the boxers don't want to be servants either and it's that tension that we need to manage I thoroughly agree. It'd be nice. To, it'd be a refreshing change, especially if we got into a situation where there was some competition in the market, which seems we're edging towards. But what it comes down to, I mean, I was having a uh, a conversation with some boxers pre-Christmas. Uh, I'll keep their names off the record, but I was sat in a pub with them, and I said, "Gary," <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, there were various boxing people there, and there was a general like conversation going on about why. At the end of a fight night, right, you've got all these boxers that are, um, they've gone in there, they've taken their beatings, or they've gone in there and they've won, whichever way around it goes. At the end of that fight night, when you're driving away from the O2 or whatever, Eddie Hearn's driving away in a Bentley, they're not. They're driving away in a, you know, <laughs> Volkswagen Polo, Volkswagen Golf. Or lifted with their mates. Yeah. Why is it that the man who hasn't done any of that, and granted has the business acumen, but hasn't stepped into a ring, why is he the one stepping out and driving off in his Bentley when they're getting a lift with their mates and driving a Volkswagen Golf? It's the wrong way around. I agree with you, but that has to be a, a point. I mean, you're talking about senior, not necessarily taking on board seniority there, are you? You're not... Uh, so senior boxers still going away in Volkswagen Polo is that what you're saying there are very few boxers that are earning the million like there are probably at most 10 UK boxers that have earned like million plus over the last 12 months like if that I I don't even think there's 10 no I'd be surprised if there's 10 probably 5 let's go through the just off the top of my head AJ definitely Kel Brook just about Um, I think he probably sneaks over the line now we're looking across. Billy Joe Saunders didn't fight in 2016, did he? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he probably hasn't made that kind of money. Now you're really struggling to go, well, who else would have made that kind of money? Yeah. So, I mean, when we're talking about who's earning that kind of money, there are very, very few fighters that are doing so. Can I just, <laughs> sorry, mentioning Saunders' name. I heard this um, story. I don't know how true this is, but the... Um, <laughs> apparently can't even get the words out. <laughs> this Eubank fight was allegedly meant to be um, at the velodrome first of all and what happened was uh, again I don't know how true this is or not I'm just I'm repeating what I've heard elsewhere was that um, that uh, when Saunders was fighting Akafov Chris Eubank Jr. put out a load of tweets about um, Saunders and his career and how it's gone so badly that he's fighting in a leisure centre <laughs> <laughs> he's fighting in a leisure centre and of course, Chris Eubank Jr. was meant to be fighting, apparently, at the Velodrome down in London, which is now called the Lee Valley Leisure Centre. <laughs> oh. And so when somebody goes back to Chris Eubank and says, oh, your fight against Quinlan is going to be at the Lee Valley Leisure Centre, he's like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's now happening um, at the Olympia rather than it which is what it was initially put on box rec as well as being at the velodrome or the lee valley leisure center as it's officially known and apparently <laughs> the whole eubank side were like now nah, we've we've thrown pelters at billy joe saunders for a very long time about him fighting in leisure centers this gets moved <laughs> i don't know how true it is or not but it amused me i hope it is but here's the message i guess we want to say 
everyone get off the Hearn penis, please. Like, <laughs> he, he, he's not a fan of the Foo Fighters. He's not, you know, just get, just for fuck's sake. Get, get off his dick, get off Coogan's dick and understand Eddie Hearn engages in a very clever game of destroy my enemies. But he'll destroy them while smiling because he knows if he can always portray himself as a good guy, Matchroom will always be the number one organisation. But we need guys like Chris Eubanks Sr. in boxing. We do. Because whether you agree with him or not, here's a man who's prepared to speak his truth. Guys like him, guys like David Hay, Billy Joe Saunders, Tyson Fury. We need to stop giving them a kicking and start respecting the fact that they tell us a view of boxing that's a lot less sugar-coated than what we get from Matchroom and IFL. Unfortunately, I think that people that are inclined to listen to this sort of podcast are probably more educated and less likely to feel that way. So you're probably preaching to the converted in a lot of ways. I don't know, you're giving our listeners a lot of credit there, isn't they? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to back up what Terry's saying, Hearn is a street magician. That's what Hearn is. He works by distraction and he works by, you know, you not noticing what's going on whilst he gives you something to focus upon. What whilst he picks your pocket? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whilst his mate. <laughs> but here's a prime example of 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 Hearn logic. He tells you Matchroom are the supreme promotional organization in the UK. Every boxing fan, go through the Matchroom roster. Do this. Take as long as you want. Tweet me your responses afterwards. Take AJ off the top of that roster, yeah, because Hearn makes hardly any money off AJ. Now tell me how strong the roster is. You know, you've pretty much got Kel Brook as a legitimate champion, and that's about it. I don't know if their website lists the Gale, but the Gale has relationships elsewhere. Yeah, the Gale's not promoted by Matchroom, nor is he managed by Matchroom. So, you know, him, Selby, all these guys. Basically, all you have is you have AJ, you have Kel Brook, and then there's varying degrees of dross. What is John Ryder doing? <laughs> Apparently looking for a new gym. <laughs> right, we're talking about the big fights. We're talking about the big fights here. Big fights in uh, 2017. So it's all come down to this. Chris Brown versus Soldier Boy. Fuck, why are we talking about this? <laughs> I don't know, are we? We don't have to. Know, I don't know how this all started. I just saw pictures of it. Who I don't cares? Really what, one it of the dickheads probably... like the other dickheads ex-girlfriend's photo on Instagram. I, I just why are we fucking talking about it? No, no, I just want to know. Is Brown going to get Rhiannon for sparring again? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What? Anyway, I don't are they, know. Are they still the, because I, I swear Rhiannon and Soldier were probably the same weight class. Be good, you know. Do you, well, how, wait a minute. Let's get Dizzy Rascal in for sparring. He's been out sparring Chris Eubank Jr. God, that was Three rounds. <laughs> Three rounds, I did. <laughs> what was that about? They are, like... I genuinely think that they've gone to the point now where... They accept that they're going to get shit from people. So they now may as well like up that level of shit. So if we're going to get shit for putting this on pay-per-view, then let's also spar Dizzy Rascal and put it up <laughs> on Instagram and just accept. Like it, it makes people talk about it again, though. This but, is the point. But do you know what ends up happening? Like You get these, these 14-year-olds who know nothing about boxing and they all sit there with these stupid little graphs and presentations and they'll say to these boxers, if you do this, you're going to get this many views and it will sell this many tickets. I've seen no evidence behind it. So all these boxers end up putting these stupid fucking videos up. And this is something that does need to stop. Advised by 14-year-olds. I don't know how old these little <laughs> morons are. But look, this is my advice to, to people. If you're a boxer, I don't care how many videos you have of you in a gym or you running or you skipping, right? I'm going to judge you by you fighting. So show me those videos and I'll take you seriously. All the other stuff, you know, any man and his dog, monkey, chimpanzee can do, right? Oh, here's me, just done another six miler. Then the guy gets stopped and you're a bit like, looking a bit foolish now. Should right? have done 10 miles. Just move in silence. Like, 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 you know, move in silence. And then, you know, when you win, we'll see that. But I don't want to see all of this. There's too much, there's too much boxing related bullshit that goes on now, you know? Because it's an easy way to just dump off crap that you think people want to see. To be honest, most people don't want to see it. Most people want to hear about the person behind the boxer. Yeah, we'll see the boxer in the ring. I, I think the amount of 
if boxers don't utilise social media for doing like questions and answers or whatever with fans or giving out prizes or giving out one ticket, two tickets to their next fight if you retweet it, that kind of stuff, I'm all for. Because that stuff is how you engage with people and how you build your profile. I'll see you in the ring, how good you are. Yeah, there'll be a big star in the future at some stage that will get the perfect balance between training and being a professional boxer, but also managing to craft the an intriguing I'll, story I'll through tell social you media. Bahara Davis. Nah, there's two that are the best. David Allen, just because he's got a personality on social media, and Carl Frampton. Carl Frampton's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. You see a couple of clips it'll put up of like strength and conditioning. I think Josh Taylor tagged him in something on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. But most of what Carl Frampton does is just engage with people. He does it's, question it's, and answer and sessions. There's all witty one-liners where he'll just jump on someone's conversation. Yeah, he's brilliant. Like he's very, very amusing. Like that's the side of but, the the boxer you want to see. And the thing is, that's who Frampton is in real life. If you've ever spent time around Carl. You don't want to be loose with your tongue because he'll catch you out on it. So, so he's quite—he's really witty and he's smart like that. And it's like that people give O'Hara Davis stick, but O'Hara Davis on social media is like O'Hara Davis in real life. You know, he's a guy who, you know, you don't want to antagonize because you will get you will get the full volley. Of Spencer Theron found out. Still, one of my favorite moments of 2016 when he just got. <laughs> do you remember this? He got fear, he got Spencer Theron's box break. Stats, yeah, and he just wrote something. On, I just had a look at your record, Spence. I don't think you're anyone to be telling me about boxing. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, I mean Scott Quigg. I, I'm blocked by Scott Quigg on Twitter, unfortunately. But <laughs> I, I don't know what. I mean, because he must do a lot of colouring. Like he must just sit with the crayons and the books, and like he must it's put a lot all, of that it's training all outside up. the lines. He's all <laughs> outside the lines. He eats the crayons. Yeah, it's abstract art. <laughs> he must be doing a lot of that, surely. Like that's that's nine to five for him. Oh. Right, so uh, Chris Brown versus Soldier. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck off. The question I have mostly is, um, what sort of revenue are we Fuck likely off. to? I don't care. Yeah, but surely, surely it's got to be off. a fascinating question, no? I don't think there'll be much revenue. I think there'll be a lot of interest, but I think people are like, and that I want to see the fight. I don't want to pay for it. Really? I think that would be the, the view. Are you really going to fly yeah, to? Are you going to fly to Vegas to watch this? It wasn't. I'm not thinking about people who are interested in boxing. I'm thinking more about like it's a celebrity. Yeah, like a celebrity that death match. Like we'd have Reborn. to wander too far on this trail, but I just find it intriguing that these two people have. Um, have decided they're going to have this scrap, which I'm sure it can't be called anything much more than that. But it's going to... Will it generate lots of revenue or will it not generate no, lots of revenue? No, it won't. Okay, all right, fine. Fuck them. All right. <laughs> well, coming up in 2017, we have lots of fights. Uh, exciting fights, in my opinion. But uh, we've also one that's... And none promoted by her. One, well, yeah, okay. One... That is on the horizon. Um, is DeGale versus Badu Jack? So, what do we think? I want DeGale to win. Um, I think James is he, he. I like James. He's a throwback fighter. He has all those kind of old school instincts and tendencies. You know, nice, loose, relaxed. Works well. You know, goes to the body, goes to the head can be as orthodox as he needs to be, can be as unorthodox as he needs to be. I think if James could string it together for 12 rounds, I, I just think he's unbeatable at super middle. I like Jack. I think Jack's starting to to open up a bit. I think he was a bit robotic when he first started. Now there are a few more strings to his bow. Um, you know, if you watched him when he had the controversial draw with Butte, he showed levels to his game, which is, you know, you're like, well, actually, he's an elite level fighter now. So I think the battle will be the ability of Jack to stay on the inside solidly for 12 rounds and make life miserable for James DeGale versus DeGale's ability to control that space and keep Jack thinking with the unusual punches he throws. But can James do it for 12 <clears throat> rounds? Don't know. Can Jack do what he needs to do for 12 rounds? Absolutely. I think this is what boxing should be about. Like Again, when we talk about the distractions that Hearn throws out, the whole shininess of Hay versus Bellew, what, it's a fucking joke. It's a cruiserweight and a heavyweight. We've got the two best super middleweights in the world fighting over in America, one of which is from Britain 
and it hasn't been promoted that heavily. Like, this, you know, if you're going to argue about pay-per-view, this should be a pay-per-view fight. Now, it's in America, it isn't. If Hearn could have got it over here, it probably would have been. This is a proper fight. This is the two best super middleweights, bar none, with the opportunity to prove it. And then, hopefully, I'm in the same boat as Terry here. I want to see James come out on top of this because I'd like to see him come back and hopefully fight Groves over here in the UK. And I hope that has nothing to do with Eddie Hearn. Um, it probably will, but there you go. This is a, a good fight. Like, Badu Jack, <laughs> I don't think, has enough to beat DeGale. As long as DeGale comes into... We keep hearing from you know Jimmy Max Senior saying about DeGale as a 15-round fighter. He's never proven that. He hasn't proven he's a 12-round fighter. So he keeps talking about you know he's a 15-round fighter. He might be in the gym, but he isn't when it comes to fight nights. And whether that's like... I don't know, maybe DeGale burns up energy with nerves or something pre-fight. Maybe he hasn't got something right in the, the weight-making. I don't know what it is, but there's something that DeGale has never proven, which is that he can fight for 12 rounds. So Do you know what it is? And this is my theory on James DeGale. If he fights at his pace, he can do it for 12 rounds. If you notice, like, he started to gas against Durrell when Durrell made him box. And made him box consistently, like three minutes of each round. And DeGale couldn't cope with that. And I think, if you look at someone like Badu Jack, um, watch him against Anthony Durrell. And he made Durrell work for every second of every round. And you could see Durrell was like, I don't need this anymore. By round nine or ten, you've got Durrell just leaning on the ropes going, look, I just don't want to move anymore. We'll fight on the inside. And that's what DeGale needs to be wary of, is a Jack who comes to just drain the tank in the first half of the fight. I think, I reckon that's what we're going to see. I think DeGale will do, <laughs> will do enough to lose this fight. And I think he has every tool that he should be able to win it. But I think Jack, in hometown, albeit he's Swedish, kind of adopted American, but in hometown circumstances under the Mayweather banner, uh, I think he's going to get a decision victory out of it. And that, you know, I don't want that. I want DeGale to win this. Uh, I want him to start getting the recognition from British boxing fans that he perhaps deserves that he hasn't got. But I just think his lazy approach with Badu Jack's fast... Um, busy approach is going to be quite telling on the night and I can see Jack coming away with it and just just to add for all the nonsense Eddie Hearn talks about female boxing this bout has a female bout don't I think it's a bantamweight bout between what's Mayweather the, the lady that boxes for Mayweather it's not Amanda Nunes sorry um, there's, there, there's the Mexican sounding lady and she's boxing for the IBF title on that as well so you know, whatever people say about Mayweather not giving women a chance, there you go. That's a pretty big platform. They get to fight on there. I think they might be on the pay-per-view portion of that as well. So, good to see promoters taking female boxing seriously. This is not a gimmick bout. This is a 10 by 2 for the world title. So, kudos to them for doing that. Um, Gravante Davis is on there as well, fighting at 130 pounds. Baby Tank, as they call him, you know, He's meant to be, you know, like the heir apparent to Mayweather. So we'll see what he has to offer. I'm not overly excited by that one, but, you know, he'll be in a test as well. And give Heyman credit. 2017, Heyman's making all of his fighters earn their money. Let's see if Hearn can do the same. <laughs> so Audley Harrison has written an open letter to Chris Eubank, and it starts off, season's greetings. I'm wishing you and the team Eubank's a prosperous and successful new year. I wanted to touch base with you and reach out to you as I will never forget you kindly coming to see me back in the day after I'd lost my unbeaten record, Danny Williams. You found, <laughs> you found me in my hotel and offered me my advice, <laughs> my advice from the heart when you just when you discussed was very helpful. That's no perfect. If this was music, I would turn it down. It wouldn't get louder. <laughs> it was very helpful to my soul. So truly, Chris. I thank you for that. Anyway, so it ends off. <laughs> it ends off with. <laughs> Keep focusing on the prize, Chris. Don't let them distract you, as well, they will Simon stop Bates at nothing. Ever implicated on Bracey YouTube. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give. It a... he, he, he seems to, he seems to get off pretty lightly, but he looked like he had he had a, he had a touch of the finger about him. <laughs> Alleg allegedly. Audley None of that is in the letter, by the way, but uh, Audley Harrison... It's a weird letter be... from Audley, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So... Dear Chris, was Simon Bates ever... In... 
Um, so, but Terry, how, how are you spelling Feynman? Can you, can you, uh, can you sum? In fact, the pair of you sum it up. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it without Martin sort of serenading you. But can we give a shout? David McGinley asked us to uh, take a look over this as well. Yes, David McGinley's question was, "What do you make of the letter you're about to summarise?" <laughs> <laughs> so the gist of the letter was Audley saying to Chris Eubanks Senior, "Look, you guys are about to." Set yourselves up, set, set yourselves up as promoters. You want to take control of your own destiny, take control of your income, your revenue. I tried to do that when I turned pro after I won my Olympic medal, and the system conspired to stop me doing so. I made many mistakes because I wasn't focused on what I should have been focused on. I allowed myself to get drawn into battles that weren't productive, and that didn't help my overall vision. And I paid a heavy price for that, and I had to sacrifice my dream in order to carry on trying to be a world champion, having to work with guys like Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren, people I never wanted to work with in my life. And in essence, Chris Sr., stick to the course, don't get distracted by these people because they're just trying to destroy you so they can control you. It's oddly saying, look, if you're putting your head above the parapet and having a go at this, then stay focused. Don't don't even... I think one of, his, uh, one of the words in there, one of the sentences is, um, don't even talk about them because that takes a distraction you know makes a distraction away from yourself which is great advice like oddly the whole letter is great advice to them i hope chris eubanks um you know wise enough to take some of this on board it's uh, it's a brave move from oddly he's clearly you know finished with the sport entirely and now open to putting out his genuine uh, views of, of how his kind of boxing career went. I don't know if Audley's got a book or not, but from reading this, you know, if he does, I'd like to go back and read it. And if not, then uh, Audley, go and get a book together. But he had a song, if you remember. He did the That the was song. wank. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest. Next. <laughs> it was for charity, though. We'll give him that. Yeah, so I think I think he's in that thing of... he's You know you, you know that happens, doesn't it? After you go through personal turmoil, you want to be uplifting. Um, listeners, tell me if you found this in your life as well. Facebook has become full of a lot of motivational speakers recently. <laughs> Facebook Live has enabled a lot of people to start, you know, trying to give us tips on how to live our lives better. Although I don't know if these guys are really the shining examples that we need. And it's just part of the whole thing of everyone believes they can help each other with advice. And maybe it's helpful. I don't know. But he is right. The Eubanks do need to focus on what they're doing because they have a, they have a star commodity in Chris Jr., I don't think Seb will reach the same levels. Having seen Seb boxing the amateurs, don't know if the pro life is cut out for him. Um, young Harlem Eubank, he he looks okay, bit bit wild, bit all over the place when he boxes. But if he tightens that up, he looks a good prospect. You know, he fought a young lad Martin McDonough in the amateurs last year. I watched that fight. Good fight. Yeah, there's potential there, but Chris Jr. is really the, the jewel in the crown and they need to make the most of them while they can. Or Nathaniel Wilson, the Eubank. Who? <laughs> Nathaniel Wilson, the Eubank we never talk about. <laughs> Although we tend to talk about him quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 you know, we could be, you know, he can be... He can be we'll adopt him. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you, Nathaniel. Come on board, man. It's, um, you know, if if you're not part of the Eubank clan, then uh, we'll have a go here. Yeah, he's probably the only person that claps when Eddie Hearn talks about you <laughs> David McGinley also asks if you had to bet now on a winner Parker versus Huey Fury what who, who would it be and how would it play out Huey Fury Huey Fury would win that I don't think Parker would get close enough to punch Parker hasn't got long enough arms his footwork's so bad he wouldn't even be able to shut the distance down and he'd get picked off for probably 12 rounds and Huey would win that one comfortably. I agree. I think it would almost be Huey toying with um, with Parker for 12 rounds. The only argument you can say against it is that Parker has boxed the better opposition, and one, uh, Huey hasn't boxed any of those opposition levels yet. Um, so how can you really judge him? I fought Cassie. And Cassie... Yeah. I, I'd, I'd put Cassie in the Takam category. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, it's a fair one, but... We haven't seen enough of Huey. Hopefully, we will in 2017. Hopefully, Peter Fury's got him back to full fitness. Um, all the illness issues have gone because I think he has the ability. <laughs> Put it this way, right? I would be hugely surprised and uh, badly if 
Frank Warren and BT Sport don't they've got this press conference coming up soon about what fights they're going to be announcing for the first quarter of 2017 they need to get that checkbook out and they need to make that fight over here they need to pay Joseph Parker whatever money it requires and they need to get him over for Huey Fury to beat so they've got a world heavyweight title holder in their camp on BT Sport whatever money that costs BT Sport ought to be just handing it over uh, yeah that that's if 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 and BT anyone that works for BT let them know I'm available for consultancy and advice happy happy to do so my advice is this I'd buy a belt in the heavyweights I'd buy a belt in the middleweights they already have one in Billy Joe Saunders so I'd protect those I'd life. use the belt in the middleweights and I'd get another belt in the lightweights and I'd always have those as my they've got that with Flanagan yeah I'd, <laughs> and I'd work those because that's where the money comes in in boxing the stuff at welterweight's cool for a few years but then it drifts off junior middle's cool for a few years and it drifts off light middle and heavyweight will always be there so Let's let's see. Look, if BT is serious about this, and actually one of the things I wish they'd do is I wish they'd just stop listening to fucking boxing people. You know these old guys with grey hair who have been in the house there when you could smoke cigarettes at a boxing show. Yeah, I know all about it. You know, I know you should be fighting now. And they get all these old dinosaurs who don't understand that the world's moved on. So what ends up happening is you get the crap you get on Box Nation, you know. You could easily have these young guys, man. Jack Cattrall, Josh Taylor. Get all these young guys fighting each other. Be, and, and I wish someone would just, just issue a statement to the world of boxing that said, being undefeated isn't all that if you haven't beaten anyone. Simple. One last question from David McGinley, who has propped us up this week, really, with his questions. Thank you very much, David. And considering we didn't actually give anyone a uh, an exact next recording date on our last podcast, then, uh, yeah... Happy days. Next week, I want questions. Yeah. I know a lot of you guys are listening. And also, start telling your friends to listen because we want double. Like this time next year, we want to be double where we are now. So let's start promoting that, man. Let's get to let's get to 3,000 regular listeners a week, man. And stop listening to that toe to toe stuff as well. Like, like they're as good as we are. Yeah. We need commitment. We need you here every week with us. You, you know. We're like an unreasonable girlfriend. I'm, I'm not here next week, by the way. <laughs> right, I'm away. Sorry. <laughs> I'm in Budapest. <laughs> no excuses. They've got Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah. I'll be on a plane. If it's just an to... A380, it's got Wi Fi. Yeah, you should you just have to pay for it, mate. It might cost you £700 to be able to <laughs> contact us, and it'll be intermittent. It is but... boxing related, though, so it's all good. One last question from David McGinley What spying partners would AJ and Vlad use in order to prepare for the fight, and why? Dizzy Rascal. Okay, that's that's sold. That's sold. Both. sold on that. The Undertaker and Kane. Kane. No, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> if I was Vlad, the big shot. I'd get Hellenius in. He'd be the first guy I'd get in. Um, he hits hard enough, and I think Hellenius is a good technician, much like AJ is. But you're not going to get the explosive speed that AJ has. I'd have Batali in there. I still think Batali is one of the five best heavyweights on the planet. So. You get Vitaly in there for the power. Yeah, I'm not sure AJ can afford him, though. There's a lot of family. <laughs> Vitaly's like, yeah, we'll get you so pumped and ready for this. <laughs> Getting him in Vlad's, in AJ's corner come fight night. I show you spreadsheet. Secret spreadsheet. <laughs> you look cleaner than Des White. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. If I was Vlad, I'd have Vitaly, Robert, Hellenius, and then I'd have someone... I'd have someone to work that speed element. You know, that's flash. No, 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 I'd just get amateurs in. So, so what? I'd, what? What you'd want is guys who are going to move in and out quickly, and that will have Vlad working his feet. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm sure you could get Tony Yoka to do some work. He still looks in shape. Um, just grab any of these top level amateurs. Who's the Croatian guy? Is it Filip Hergovic? He looks decent as well. Let me ask Terry. Hold on. Um, Alexander Usk, but he's a southpaw. That's the only problem. But you want you want people of that ilk, even someone like a Marco Huck, people who are going to make you work for three minutes of each round. Um, if you're AJ, you're just taking whatever Klitschko doesn't have, because you're not going to find anyone who's as disciplined on the back foot as Vlad, um, who's not willing to fight you. Do you see what I mean? So Fury wants to fight AJ, so he's not going to spar him. Huey Fury's definitely not going to spar him. You can't get Wilder to spar you. Um, 
you're going to struggle. So you're, you're really, I imagine it will be a, a lot of Team GB guys jumping in there. Um, and they'll just get those guys to replicate styles. Um, Could it possibly be that he's ill-prepared <clears> when it comes to the fight because of the lack of they'll throw money at sparring? The uh, they, they'll, they'll dig guys out of America, Julius Longs and all these sorts of people who we haven't heard of for years. You know, Will he be appropriately prepared then? There'll, there'll be no excuses. Like, the, the, I think you get someone like Christian Hammer, we were talking about him earlier, big, uses a jab well, um, Marius Wack. Yeah, he'd be an ideal. Uh, but I don't know if Vac wants to take another Klitschko hiding. So <laughs> no, but you get him in for Joshua. But if you're Vac, then you're like, you couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> I, I might want to fight you further down the line. Well, that's it. I mean, the, so let's say dangle the carrot of you'll be the next defense. Whoever you're going to get in, you need to pay big and you need to incentivize. Yeah. Whereas Klitschko doesn't have to because people take the experience. Yeah. And he also pays sparring partner as well. And for the record, the only sparring partner Klitschko brought in and never sparred was Tyson Fury. All right. <clears throat> okay. Sam Khan. She has also chipped in with a question. And she asks, are you going to buy the Eubank pay-per-view? Uh, why or why not? Um, we kind of touched on this before. but Yes. Can... Yes, because I think we need ITV to survive. And I think we need ITV to do well off this. So it's to support ITV, basically. It's to support what's good for boxing. Like, look, Adam Etches gets on TV. He doesn't have to beg Eddie Hearn to get on TV. Now, Adam Etches can get on TV. And Adam Etches, despite his lack of visibility, has quite a strong constituency in terms of boxing. So, you know, he, he's a good ticket seller in Sheffield and that sort of area. He's, he's well, like, in the boxing circles, he's well known and he's always needed a better platform. I know he fought... Who's the Russian lad he fought? Kamitsky. Yes. <clears throat> That was unfortunate. Kamiski's just damn good defensively. But apart from that, man, is, he, he, he's a good fighter. Good to see Chris Congo on there. I think he's class. X-Team GB, 69 kilo. A guy everyone should get behind. I like how even for um, a, was a one or two fight novice, he still doesn't rush his work. So watching him is really good. So I'm looking forward to Chris doing his thing. Um, you know, John Ryder, Redemption. Or redundancy, really. <laughs> and then David Price, you know, will the chin hold up? You know, will we see David drop the big right hand? All the, there are a lot of questions I'd like to see answered. Um, I'm seeing, I'm seeing you right there. There's no, there's no argue the inarguable. So just put that yes, shit down. Is, yeah. Just fucking put that down. <laughs> I think we had this out, and <laughs> and the fans have won over. Even if it was only one fan that voted. <laughs> It was one to zero. You're like Trump, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's rigging these elections. I got the Russians in. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I think everyone should get behind this ITV thing. If the next one is rubbish, then by all means, don't buy it. But let's 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 give them that first one of just, you know, goodwill. We'll give them one, one pay-per-view of goodwill, and if the rest are rubbish, then we'll see. Because I just actually just want to find out if it's Al Heyman behind all of this. I, I'm intrigued. Can Martin say anything positive about pay-per-view? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no look. I don't mind some pay-per-views. Um, I'm not buying it. No, I, I completely get where Terry's coming from with it, and I'm entirely behind ITV as a platform. <laughs> Except um, with any money. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't cost me anything. Watch, I'm happy to buy adverts. it. <laughs> I, I just want um, to say this, right? You can walk into TK Maxx and buy a Puma t-shirt for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, and you'll probably oh, spore coffee maybe, on yeah. that, rip it or whatever, and that'll be ruined within six hours. <laughs> you can get the pay per view for four pence less than that. Think about that. I mean, oh, what an interesting sort of yeah. <laughs> One thing um, for the criticism, like don't forget, people, that for the Sky pay per views, you pay for Sky per month of like forty, fifty, sixty quid per month, and then you're paying on top of that for the pay per view. For ITV, you're not paying anything per month. You're getting that for free. And so I tweeted something earlier, actually. Like, ITV4 is showing Robbie, Davy, Robbie Davis Jr. versus Willie Limond, although I believe Willie Limond might be injured from that. Um, and they're showing the whole card from up in Preston. And then ITV is showing the undercard for this, uh, plus the pay-per-view element. Like, that's two f reasonable live shows. In a total cost of twelve pound ninety five, like that's the same as you'd pay for Box Nation for a month. And actually, the domestic amount of boxing that's going to be shown 
by ITV over the next month is a reasonable amount. That said, I'm not paying for it. Um, you know, I, I completely get the <laughs> the point about, you know, get behind ITV, and I will do in due course, because I personally have the view that this isn't about this ITV uh, pay-per-view. Like, there's a larger investment from ITV. For me, I think we're going to see probably... 10 to 14 live shows on terrestrial TV from ITV over the next 12 months. I'll fully back that entirely. I'm not necessarily backing this. Okay, to move on with some more questions, we have a question from <laughs> the Polish solicitor. It's quite interesting, actually. I always wonder how likely a non-boxer would die after a single <laughs> punch from a pro like AJ slash Wilder. Uh, part two of the question, how come pro boxers can sustain such power? What makes their skulls so robust? Right, so let's go back to the first part of that question, which is, how likely a non-boxer would die after a single punch from a pro-like age? I feel like it's a Terry question. How likely the death of a single punch? You wouldn't die. Um... Whatever. No one. No, what, what what normally happens, remember, like when the body's normal response to, to an external shock like that is just to shut down. So you just you get knocked spark out pretty much. And then you just wouldn't be getting up. But you wouldn't die. This is on the assumption that you're in a ring and you land they've on canvas. On. And they've, they've got gloves on. So, so I'll be brutally honest. Whether they've got, doesn't matter, bare knuckle, 18-ounce gloves. I think AJ will spark. The average man no, I mean, the street I mean, likelihood of death. Like, if AJ hit you in the face of a sledgehammer, you could die, couldn't you? <laughs> Maybe. I'm, ge- I'm getting. I'm going to get to the death part in a minute. We will get. Someone's there. dying out of this question. <laughs> yeah. No, but not from a punch. I don't imagine you. You know, if you hit your head on on landing, maybe. But unless you had a pre-existing condition, you'd you'd live to fight another day. Okay, Martin, how come pro boxers can sustain such power and what makes their skulls so robust? Um, It's not necessarily about their skulls being so robust. I mean, don't forget they train to harden themselves. So all those hours of sparring in the gym where they're not doing it 100%, they're still building up that scar tissue through the head, basically. Of But you see um, Dillian White. Check out Dillian White's Twitter and the videos he puts up. Despite what Terry was saying earlier about fighters' training videos and whatever, Dillian White often posts up the one with the uh, like a rugby cap on, and then you've got the weights hung underneath it, and you're building those neck muscles by doing the repetitions of the up and down off of the neck. Now, by doing that, you're building up. It's not necessarily about what's in the head. It's also about how strong your neck is. So when you're taking that punch, you've got the resistance to some extent through your neck. Um, you know, you or I take a punch off of somebody like that, in a ring, like we don't have that same neck power of a Dillian White who's hanging heavy weights off of the neck, like like shock a shock absorber essentially. Or that's what yeah, yeah. That's you know the same with the legs as well. The legs are pretty important to not getting knocked out through the head. Like don't forget that there's a lot of component parts to not being knocked out uh, and square out. And part of it, as I say, is about the repetition of being punched and that training element. And the other part is the the training element of building the muscles. Fabulous, thank you, gentlemen. Um, right, let's move on to Simon King asks a question. Who is the ideal first opponent for Tyson Fury comeback? Who would he want it to be against? Uh, I mean, it would probably be some journeyman, he says. Um, Marius Wack or someone of that ilk. Christian Hammer, maybe. That type of level. These guys aren't journeymen, but, you know, that's by the by. They're, they're nowhere near journeymen. Um no, you could look. I'd be honest with you. I'd stick Fury in with Gerald Washington Jr. Someone like that. Um, Gerald Washington Jr., a guy with a bit of a name who's quite limited. Fury can have his way with him. But I, I, to be honest, you could whack Fury in with anyone over a time, even after a time away. There, there are very few people who would be able to get to him. He's he's a different level. Like, let's just be clear about this. Tyson Fury's a different level. You could match him pretty hard. Um, I'd be interested to see who they put him in with. I actually think by the nature of Tyson Fury and the fact that he is he's a fighting man, I don't think he would necessarily want the um <laughs> the lower level of the, the vacs, the hammers, etc., the the teepers. I think there's a fair likelihood he would probably just want to come back at the elite level and go straight into a world title fight. I don't think he would necessarily be looking for those warm up fights in the meantime. Okay, we've come to that time in the show that 
Martin and Terry especially love, uh, arguably inarguable, <laughs> Terry's, Terry's got a face that I can only describe as disdainful <laughs> before he takes part in arguably inarguable. But come on, you're so good at it, guys. Arginago has been sent in by Adoniris DMT, which that is the best he's getting out of me in terms of pronunciation, because I don't know even his name. You gave up with his last time. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much, mate, uh, for the Arginago. Terry. Eddie Hearn has become a great promoter by observing his dad. He has also observed great boxers. So he has all the potential to become a great heavyweight. Go! Well, Eddie Hearn dreams of being a heavyweight, but he also dreams of sitting at home listening to the Foo Fighters and unzipping. He has many dreams, and none of them really should come to reality. Um, you know, you can listen to your dad as much as you want about being a promoter. I don't even think he'd be a good super middleweight. That's why he's, I mean, running away from Chris Eubank. But let's not let, let's not let the boxing talk distract from the fact that you know maybe Eddie Barry Foo Fighters living room together. I don't know what happens in there. Man. <laughs> People have messed up family lives. It's all alleged, man. Don't quote me on this, but hey. Well, uh, all right. If only we could explain the reference. <laughs> I'm sure oh we'll get explained God. somewhere at some point. <laughs> if we ever... Uh, no, we won't. Never. We'll go on tour one day. We'll do it as a live show. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> Plastered around. Okay. Let's move on. Martin. This is, this, this is a... Uh, a genuine new age boxing one again to lift the veil slightly when we had to pause this a second ago Andy went well I'm glad I'm giving this to Martin because Terry wouldn't fucking answer yeah I think Terry would (laughs) refuse to answer this one as boxing promoters go Eddie Hearn's greatest strength is his well honed moral and ethical compass yeah I mean it points south it points very very south Um, (laughs) and so yeah it is very well honed he knows exactly where his morals and his ethics lie and that is in the gutter Um, (laughs) and therefore he doesn't have to worry about anything in life at all because when you know that your morals and your ethics are bankrupt then why do you have to worry what anybody else thinks in life you can go about charging what you want for any fight you can do anything that you like pay-per-view wise you don't have to give a fuck what anyone thinks that's how Eddie rolls (laughs) wow that was uh, that was well done I think I left a massive glaring gap in the room. <laughs> the same which way the compass yeah. pointed. But, you know, that's fair enough. Well done. No ex-army. <laughs> You'd be useless in the field. <laughs> yeah, sat enough, mate. Unless <laughs> <laughs> the Russians get hold of yeah. me. Yeah, everyone be quiet. The Russians are coming. At the next tree line, turn left. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> right, okay, that's, that's all from us. Thank you very much for listening to this week and the first one of this year's Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Oh, won't. Martin won't be because he's in Budapest. Um, <laughs> it's only been two weeks in, and we've already have let you down in terms of a full house. But nevertheless, Terry and I will be here to hold up the fort. Yes. So uh, get your questions in, get your arguments and arguments in, uh, spread the word as you lovely people normally do. <laughs> and uh, we are out of here. Thank you very much for listening. It's times like these you learn to love again. (laughs) (laughs) 